Shizu-san, and we are here at KogaraCon, and this, of course, is Ningyo Bingo, where you keep collecting dolls but never seem to win the game. Uh, right now, we are here at KogaraCon 2019, which is very tiny, free anime convention. Free is always good. Free is amazing. In uh, middle, what is it, middle... Sex, right? Middlesex, Middlesex County Co College. Yeah. yeah, and it was very easy to get to from Pennsylvania. That's my neck of the woods. Jesus, on you're from New Jersey, right? Yes, I actually don't live very far from this this college. So, <laughs> so like what? Like a 20 minute drive? Easy? Uh, probably like maybe 15 minutes. That's that's so awesome. I'm pretty close to here, which is weird because I never knew this kind of existed. I, it's I don't I never knew it existed except I was like two years ago I heard about the con because my friend was going here and thereby I started wanting to come here and that that ended up very very nice um actually I think last year I did doll programming at the con and this time you actually did yes, a panel I had one panel here I figured I'd just submit one just to see what it's like because I've never been to this convention before yeah and I actually had a heart attack because my as a as people that follow me know my computer died and I saw the panel at the website when the when the schedule went live and I'm like oh crap did I submit a panel I don't remember this <laughs> Because it has a very similar name. Yours was just called Anime Dolls. Mm -hmm. uh, mine was uh, Anime Dolls, Is It Better in Vinyl? Mm -hmm. Which uh, went a little bit more into the, the resin end of the world. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that confused me as well. Because when I, I went to submit my application for the panel, I saw your panel on the schedule. Oh, from the previous year? From the previous year. I guess they didn't switch it out. Yeah. So I only saw it after I already submitted so then I then sent an email to the con and said, oh, I didn't realize there's another panel with that name. Do you want me to change it? Because I have another panel I could do. And they yeah. got back to me and they're like, no, 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 it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, should be fine. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of, this is a very small con, which is nice. It's quieter. It's peaceful. -er. It's got that homey feel to it. Yeah, it's, I, oh, my gosh. One of the, the third ever con I went to was, like, at a little college in mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. So, yeah, that was good. But, of course, here I get to sit with you in a relatively, this is, like, just a hallway. There's a little bit of background noise, but it's not that bad. This is just a hallway at a con, <laughs> but it's a hallway at a college, and it's, I can record here. It's Hopefully great. everybody can hear us just fine. Yes. So, I did want to talk a little bit about you. Um, mm -hmm. So, for anyone that hasn't followed Shizu-san's work, um, he does a YouTube uh, channel. Um, primarily, that's his primary outlet uh, for creativity, for the doll hobby, um, in which he creates primarily uh, uh, the main thing that's published most often is called Three Minute Thursdays, little three-minute clips going over basically the newest news for primarily Dolphy Dream and uh, Smart Doll. I said that's primarily correct. a yes. lot there. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah, it's mostly about Dolphy Dream and Smart Doll. Uh, sometimes I'll find other doll companies that I really want to like plug in because they did something interesting that I liked, uh, but uh, mostly Dolphy Dreams and Smart Dolls, yes. So... So we, you actually talked about this a little at the, the panel you just did this morning, but mm -hmm. uh, what was the doll that started it all for you? Which doll got <laughs> you into that one-third doll craziness? Yes. Uh, the doll that started it all for me was Asuna from Sword Art Online from Dolphy Dreams, uh, and it was version one, not the second version where she had, like, the elf ears. Right, right. The, the original one. Uh, Before it got all, all creepy, kidnappy, and a little... Uh, it got a bit intense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it got bad. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that was the first one that got me into it. I've never collected dolls before then. Uh, 
just mostly Nendroids, Figma statues, things of that nature. And I was searching for an Asana statue, actually, when I came across the doll. And uh, I said earlier in my panel that when I first saw it, I actually did not like it. I thought it was creepy. I didn't understand why people would like it. You know, the usual thing that I guess most people that stumble upon it would think initially, maybe? Not really sure, but uh, for me personally, that's what it was. It was a little creepy for me, but I'm a curious person by nature. So uh, even though it was a little off-putting in the beginning, I did research on it because I just wanted to know more about it. And the more I did research and the more I looked at Asana and various other dolls, I started to really fall in love with it. And uh, now I'm like really into the hobby. <laughs> did you did you end up buying Asuna? No, I did not because I it, she was released already before I found her, and finding a uh, a new one second uh, from third market third party market was really expensive, and I didn't want to bite the bullet for my first doll to pay that much. Yeah, I think I did a quick search while you were in your panel, and she was released in 2013. Hmm. So so that gives an idea. Yeah, you've been yeah. sitting here for I, a little while. <laughs> yes, I think I started maybe in 2014. I think so what was, when I started. what was the first one you did buy? The first one I bought was Momo from Xeno uh, uh, oh, Saga. Yeah, yes. yeah, because she was my Androids very first and mechs and yes. yes. And <laughs> unfortunately, I don't have her anymore. You sold her? I sold her. Well, uh, my collection was getting quite large, and I needed to make some space. And unfortunately, she had to go. Um, so yeah, I sold her, but she went to a lovely woman in uh, in another part of the United States, and she's absolutely treasuring her right now. So that's great. It's so glad that she went to a good home. It's it's always fun when you sell a doll, and you occasionally like see people people like taking pictures and putting them up with that doll that you sold, and you're like, oh, my kid's doing just fine. <laughs> yes. And then you go through that period where you're like, maybe I should have kept her. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Uh, my, my one of my resin dolls, I cycled through a million bodies of, and I felt really bad and eventually I cycled back to almost the original body but mm -hmm. but I never quite got the bust size I wanted but maybe someday with 3D printing um, but let's get back to talking about uh, yes. you and what you do so like I said um, for your primary publication is your three minute Thursdays on mm -hmm. your YouTube channel why did you choose a three minute format and why news let's see uh when I first started, I didn't do Three Minute Thursdays. My initial stuff was what I call doll life. And different episodes, there's not many of them, but it was more of an informative channel on what the dolls were and yeah, different so type of dolls. And that was relatively difficult and easy. Easy because I could just talk forever. But uh, <laughs> difficult is um, finding a way to segment the topics so that they don't become one long-running video. Right. Uh, so that was kind of difficult to find out how to piece it out. Then I came across another YouTuber that doesn't do dolls. And he had something that was called Two Minute Tuesday. Right. And I thought it was a very interesting format because it don't have to talk very long. And I figured the best thing I could do is do news-related things because, unfortunately or fortunately, there isn't much news that comes on a, out on a regular basis for these dolls. Right. Uh, it's actually quite rare. They come in bunches, mostly. Yes. Um, so it's not really like news happens every week. So most of my episodes can be relatively short, depending on what happens. Or sometimes I've canceled episodes. I canceled last week, actually, this week, because there was just really nothing. Yeah. Um, but uh, the main reason why I did it is because I wanted an outlet where I can be talking to the viewers and letting them know things on a weekly basis so that I can get more exposure. 
rather than posting a video once a month. And that doesn't work very well for YouTube and algorithms and things like that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It does not. Uh, but I do it anyways for those that are interested. Um, I, I don't primarily do YouTube so I can become big or famous or anything like that. I just wanted to be able to just put news out there, things that I like, things that I fell in love with, and maybe somebody else would like it too. It's also interesting, actually. Uh, obviously, uh, anyone that's in the hobby can go and view these same news articles or news in separate places, but it's interesting to kind of have them show up at the same time in the same uh, mm -hmm. publication in a way because then you can kind of compare and contrast. Like mm -hmm. you mentioned at the panel, oh, hey, well, we have the new... Uh, you called it F3, F3. I call it F-cubed because it's kind of like... The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I call it cubed. It's got the cube on top. No, yeah. That's true. I call it F-cubed. So the <laughs> new F-cubed uh, Dolphy Dream Body is like basically a direct uh, retort, a direct answer to the flexibility in the smart doll spine. And as the two com companies um, compete more and more against each other, you're going to be able to see that in your news Mm -hmm. As as like like oh well they did a fantasy uh, release oh now Smart Doll's working on a fantasy thing mm -hmm. we'll be able to see in one news medium how things fight compete back and forth mm -hmm. which will be very very cool um, so what keeps you creating content um, you will not only do three minute Thursdays you've also done uh, two um, wonderful informative videos now where you've just shown yourself you've actually videoed yourself taking pictures in that oh, whole yes. process. Yes. So what keeps you creating all of your content? Well, um, I like watching YouTube channels in general. I follow a lot of different type of people, not just all people, but different people like uh, Casey Neistat, which a lot of people seem to know, um, and other travel stuff. I like travel videos as well, oh, yeah. so I do watch them. And I notice that a lot of the successful channels have different kinds of topics that they uh, show out to their viewers whether it's uh, just mainly one segment of traveling versus like cost and then another segment uh, of different places, things like that. So I figured I don't want to limit myself to just the news uh, because I initially didn't do it just to give out news to everybody. Uh, it was initially just so I can get more comfortable in front of the camera, to be honest, at a short time frame. And it actually took off and a lot of people seemed to like it, so I just kept on with it. And it gets me into the habit of recording every single week because for those that don't really know YouTube well, it's actually quite hard to do content every single week, um, to be on top of their game, to do it every week, let alone those people that vlog every day, daily videos, yeah. because there's a lot of editing that goes involved. Of course, my 3 Minute Thursdays doesn't have a lot of editing to it. But still, how long does still, it take? That's a three-minute video, Yes. even though some of them go to five. Mm, yes. It's a busy news week. Some have week. gone to 15 <laughs> because it's a busy news week. <laughs> but, but your average three-minute Thursday, how mm. long does that take you from starting the camera to putting it on YouTube? Let's see. So I usually – I don't know why I did this initially, but I just keep doing it. I do the intros separate than the actual news content. Huh. I actually film the intros differently. So I usually do my intros, and I mess it up, and I'll be like, nah, cut, oh, let me do another one. And then I do another <laughs> intro. Sometimes it goes up to, like, take 10 because oh. I stuttered or whatever. Uh, more recently, I haven't been doing many takes because I, I don't want to seem like, I do a f like I'm fake. You know yeah. what I mean? So if I mess up or if I do something wrong, I usually just keep it in now because I just want to seem, I want to seem natural. That's actually started to happen to me a lot on my, my audio editing as well. Mm -hmm. I used to edit out every, every filler, every mm -hmm. um, every yeah. uh was yeah. out, out, I used to out, do that can't too. do it. And then I was listening to it and I'm like, 
why am I going crazy? That's human speech. Right. That's what humans do. That right. sounds like natural language. It's going to sound more <laughs> weird and choppy if I start cutting it all out. Yeah. So my intros usually take maybe like three minutes trying okay. to film and find the right intro. And then the Three Minute Thursday part, the actual content of it, I actually have a timer that I set up. Yeah, I can see and you looking at it. <laughs> I look at the timer sometimes, you can tell, and I want to make sure I hit that three minute mark, right? So sometimes I go over or sometimes I go too fast, so then I do the whole take over again oh my gosh. rather than editing. Because I'm like, oh, it's only three minutes. I mean, I could just do it over again. I mean, in a way, it's probably easier to just edit it. But I just want to do it all in one go. Right. So, and, and I think that's kind of the beauty of it because it's just, it's just you going three minutes and then, and mm -hmm. then cut. But still, to get that three minutes right, that's going to – it takes a few times. It takes a few times. And in the beginning, uh, everything, just the recording part, used to take me two hours. Ah! Just to get it right. <laughs> just to get it right. Nowadays, it's mostly taking me about maybe half an hour to okay. do it, the, all the recording, the intros, and the content to it. Um, mostly around then. Yeah. Uh, sometimes even faster than that, depending on how much news there is. And then the editing, once I edit it, like loading it into the computer, the editing process may be another half an hour okay. for the three-minute video. Uh, it really shouldn't be that hard, but, I mean, just syncing up the timer on the upper left hand of the screen where I usually put it, and then making the pictures come out right when I want them to, when I'm talking about a certain topic. It's not difficult. It's just tedious. It's just getting time. the timing right. Absolutely. So usually maybe around, like, Half an hour, give or take. So and then rendering it and uploading it to YouTube is another maybe 15 minutes just to upload it because the file is relatively small. So, so all in all, maybe two hours. So, so if you're looking at a, a recipe kind of thing, we'd be looking at like uh, one hour worth of work and then like 15 minutes in the oven. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. 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 Pretty that, much. That's, that's the machine doing the work at that point. Yes. And uh, <laughs> most of the time it's taken me longer because I just pass out during the editing process. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just had someone in basically a, a sports anime um, cosplay, I think, run past us. And that was magnificent. And <laughs> I don't know if that was on purpose or if they were actually in a rush somewhere. Um, but, yeah, so, so it's always important to realize that we, we create – because it is both satisfying to us and because we want to give to the world knowledge, information. Mm -hmm. But also, please understand, when, when a, an episode doesn't happen or things like that, it's like, well, unfortunately, one hour's worth of content for an audio episode or three minutes of content for the, the, the video mm -hmm. takes a lot longer to actually prepare and to make, which right. is... And that doesn't include the research time, right. finding all the info. Right, I didn't right. include that. But that usually happens throughout the week. Like, I'll find something, I'll write it down, be like, take note of it. I need to write, talk about this on Thursday. Do you, have like, <laughs> do you have, like, a dedicated notebook or anything? Or I have my cell phone, actually, is where I put everything yeah. on my cell phone. I mean, we are <laughs> All my notes ways. are in there. <laughs> so so um, you are, I would say, a big collector of... Uh, basically, mostly the the anime dolls, and we you were talking about them as internal frame dolls, as perhaps opposed to the the ball jointed dolls, which is resin versus the vinyl with internal frames. Yes. So, since you're both a collector and a consumer, but also media that presents this information, do you feel pressured to choose your words wisely when talking about companies? So you're not um, you're not denied services as a consumer or a collector? Um, I choose my words wisely, but not for that reason. 
Okay, I don't do it because I think, oh, if I say something about Volks or say something about uh, Smart Doll that's bad, that they're going to turn me away. I choose my words carefully because it's the it's the society we live in now. Yeah. Uh, uh, the society we live in now is very, um, I guess, touchy. Like, when I, I'm a bit of an older gentleman, so uh, when I was growing up, people said things and did things that nowadays would be seen as very offensive. Right. Um, so... And I like a lot of, uh, for people that don't know me very well, I like, I like comedy a lot. And I like stand-up comedy, which is very raw and can be very controversial. And um, that's a big part of my life. And I don't want to have that come off in my videos because I don't want to offend anybody. And that's why I choose my words carefully. I, just, I don't want to offend my audience um, with some of the things that I say. So I just kind of, I try to keep it PG, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm a, a rude person or just like an no. overzealous person. It's just you never know who's watching these videos. Like yeah. maybe my coworkers could see it, my boss could see it, and they don't like the way I'm presenting myself. Or, you know, companies even don't like the way I'm presenting myself, so they might distance themselves. But I don't primarily do it because of that. Yeah. It's just like an after effect because of the world that we live in. Yeah, uh, which is an interesting thing. I don't have to worry about what the heck I look like. You know, I could be there, and like, like in my pajamas, and who the heck cares? <laughs> do, do, do you do a little visual prep before you go on camera? I used to. You I used, used to. to I, I, as you can see today, uh, the viewers can't, but I have a dress shirt on. Yeah. I, I love Lovely. dress shirts. I it's, always, it's purple gingham. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I always wear dress shirts when I go out. That's my, my go-to thing. Um, I just like it. It's just a style that I like. So when I, when I first started, I used to wear like my favorite dress shirts, my like best-looking ones in the videos. And then I was just like, well, you know, I mean, that is me, but sometimes, like, I don't want to wait for the laundry to go and then have to iron it just so I can do an episode because <laughs> I wore it the other day. So maybe I should just wear whatever I have on hand. Yeah. So most of my videos, I still have dress shirts, but it's not, like, really corrugated anymore. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I've even done them in T-shirts because I just had nothing to wear. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, back to... Uh, the idea of you're a collector of both Smart Doll and Dolphy Dream. I just mm -hmm. ac actually asked you this question. Uh, for the dolls themselves, not the hair, the eyes, the face-ups, the wigs, or the clothes, do you have anything that exists on a Dolphy Dream that you wish you could bring over to the Smart Doll? And Do you have anything on the Smart Doll that you wish you could bring over to Dolphy Dream? Um, well, see, the thing is, the Dolphy Dreams, they're not bad dolls. I'm not trying to say that they're bad, but... There's nothing really on them that I want to transfer over to the smart doll. Um, the only thing that I may be able to think of is the knee joint. Right. Being able to bend the smart doll's legs a little bit more than they do now it would be nice for posing right. abilities. But uh, I do respect Danichu's wishes. He didn't want the unsightly seams to show, and which is why he only made it bend like 90 degrees. Right. So that's maybe one thing that I would do. But uh, if I were to do the reverse, definitely the spine on the internal frame of the smart doll is much better, I think, than the Dolphy Dream, even the newest Dolphy Dream. Although I only have one Dolphy Dream with the new DDF cubed, I'll, I'll coin your term, body. Yes, I'm doing and, it. Um, <laughs> I only have one of her, and I really just opened her the other day. So I haven't had much playtime with her because she wears an armor which doesn't bend. Yeah. So when I get more time to really mess with her and bend her, I will probably have more information on that. But I still think that Danny Chu's setup, especially the way they cut the bust line on them, 
definitely gives much more flexibility in the torso for a lot of different kinds of poses. Yeah, and, and then, I wish Dolphy Dream had that, and I think in, eventually in time they will come up with another system yeah, that and they'll I, probably make. And I um, think the I think the um, Dynamites have that upper body cut, and I think maybe the Pretties also have that upper body near the, yes. the ribcage yes, cut. They, they have been making more of a move towards that. It used to be that they cut it in the middle of the torso, right where the abs were. Which makes sense, so, because there wasn't any joints anywhere else anyway. Right. And it looked a little unsightly if you had, like, bikinis on or low-cut shirts. Like, you would still see that line. Right. So for, for photography purposes, I guess, it's not really that great. But their um, workaround was, of course, to also sell the single torso. Yes. So pieces. then they sell the single torso pieces, but then they couldn't bend. Right. Because it was all just one piece. So and then real and then recently they've made one where they cut it just under the bus line. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where the bodies go in the future. Um, obviously mm -hmm. uh, they they have their current current limitations in that they still have to be an internal frame, so that mm -hmm. still has to exist. But until your outer frame, your outer shell becomes something softer like a silicone there's still only so much flexibility that this is you, true. Yeah. you can add, and it doesn't matter where you put the joint. Eventually, there's going to be a hard part that doesn't yes. bend. So we'll see where that goes in the future. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe silicone is the next one. I mean, they do have silicone dolls. Yeah, that they're are just out there. High maintenance, though. They are high maintenance. They can rip. Yes. They can get things stuck to them. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I'm not an expert on silicone dolls, but the very few that I have seen are. They're not public or kid-friendly dolls? No. Well, not with our current society. As bodies, <laughs> as the naked body perhaps becomes more normative in the future and not inert, uh, innately sexualized, mm -hmm. perhaps this will change. But that being said, if you look at Fikin dolls, pretty much the first things you see is, like, uh, devil lady and things like that there. So, yeah. um yeah, or vi no, not Devil Lady. It was Vampirella. It was one of the Vampirella, yes. Yeah, yeah, they did a limited one of her. So, yeah, it kind of lends itself towards the sexualization of the female. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, I could be wrong. There, there may be a company out there that makes a silicone doll that's more... Uh, not so sexualized, but I haven't seen one. I so haven't I don't seen really one. Know. I haven't seen one with any real normative proportions yet. Mm -hmm. But honestly, the the doll with most normative proportions I've ever seen is the Eiffelhaus Elder Eiffelhaus doll. Mm -hmm. And looking at her, she looks like she's huge and voluptuous, but actually that's almost a normative body shape. We're just so used to seeing the exaggerated dolls. Yes, yes. So it's it's weird. Um, so speaking about the resin, uh, we just just had um, Ring Doll do an announcement for um, it was a Yuri on Ice cr uh, crossover. Mm -hmm. So they put some. Uh, uh, what it's called, prototype uh, images up on... Uh, really? I haven't seen it yet, yeah. actually. Yeah, you can take a look after this. <laughs> um, obviously, that's a primarily male... male. Yes. It's female gaze for males show <laughs> with heavy, heavy um, overtones of these people probably have homosexual, uh, at least love sorts of relationships. Although they do have one, I think it's like a samurai... Yeah. Which looks really cool, actually. It's very realistic looking. Um, it's actually really nice, uh, but the price tag on it is a little too much for me. <laughs> yeah, they had that. They've also had crossovers with Attack on Titan mm -hmm. and Black Butler also. Mm -hmm. So so resin dolls are, like, making a resurgence into the anime doll world right now. Like, mm -hmm. way, way back. Like, the first one, like, before... 
before Ray was happened, Chi happened first, I believe, which was in resin. Ray Ayanami? Yeah. I I'm not 100% sure on that. I don't remember. Yeah, but I don't it was... Remember. So why do you think right now we're getting a resurgence of resin dolls for anime? Well, there... I believe that there are... St- there is still a huge group of people that collect resin. I mean, yeah. I know yourself included. Right. And, and there's a lot of people that love resin that would like anime in resin because they're not too fond of the whole vinyl thing. They do stain. Um, <laughs> with the staining and everything. So I believe that that outcry for more anime in resin is probably lending to the resurgence because currently right now I personally believe that the resin hobbyist is still outnumbering the vinyl hobbyists. I believe that is in my opinion the stature at the moment. Although vinyl is growing very rapidly due yes. to smart doll and a lot of anime stuff from Vogue's, but uh, I still think the vinyl the resin hobbyists uh, still prevail. I w- I'm not quite sure if I would say that they they overlap that I would say I think for resin hobbyists, the market is primarily or overwhelmingly female. And I will say for vinyl hobbyists, um, I think that market is largely male. So I think, which is quite telling with the fact that they released Black Butler and they released mm-hmm. a Uran Ice, they mm-hmm. released those in resin. Right. Meanwhile, all those fake grand orders, mm-hmm. they're going into the vinyl. Yes. No, that is true. So I think... I think based upon the based upon the type of animation and the 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 what's the word the focus group the demographic thank you yes. demographic <laughs> of that anime might be changing where these go because there there's obviously a, will always be a market for collectibles yes it's just that I think depending on whether they want the the vinyl or the resin they're aiming that towards the male male demographic or the female demographic mm. based upon the anim- anime. Maybe that's what's going on. Because mm. it's been a while since we've had a lot of like female demographic animes that would benefit from a doll. The only one that I can remember that was a resin doll and it was anime related was Belle Dandy. Yes. She was a pretty popular one with resin collectors. Um, but I, 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 for the life of me, I can't remember the others. I know there's more than her. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a few more. That one was one that I didn't know. Obviously, there was the whole Rose and Maiden release. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they went whole, folks went whole hard on the resin for that, which was the obvious reason, because it was supposed to be emulating the type of dolls that they, in fact, were creating already. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You're obviously at Kogarakon this weekend uh, with one panel, and yes. and you go to Anime Boston next weekend with two panels. Yes. Um, one with the basic anime dolls, and another one comparing Smart Doll and. Uh, oh, actually, it's the Dolphy comparing Dream. of Smart Doll and Dolphy Dream, and then the other one is Smart Doll only panel. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Last year, I did the generic anime dolls at Boston. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, why why is it important to have doll programming at conventions like these? I think it's because it. I think it's an unknown uh, resource, I guess, in the anime community. Uh, most people in the anime community that are collectors will collect little gashapons, little things that you get from the vending machines, or they'll collect nendroids, figmas. Um, full-line statues, right. things of that nature. And not many people realize that this is actually a hobby. Um, so, uh, and plus, the, 
given the fact that when I started the hobby, there wasn't many outlets to find information. So I figured I already go to these cons on a regular basis anyways. Why not try and spread some information about the doll? Yeah, I find that uh, panels are great. And otherwise, you would just rely on like seeing the dolls, maybe um, with somebody in the hall, or you would like... They, they, they don't... I've seen maybe one ever in, in a... Uh, an artist alley slash vendor room like they tend not to sell them unless no. Danny Chu or Volks themselves are at an event which has yeah been. yeah I actually saw one booth at An- Anime Next I think last year that had a Cheryl Gnome for sale yeah uh, but that is the only time I've ever seen them yeah and even then sale. you're only gonna see them in the box and yeah they don't take them out of the box for you to ex- inspect or anything like that yeah usually these dolls are not anything that like the company sell as in as large volumes as you would say sell Nendroids or things like that, so it's hard to, it's hard for vendors to stock themselves. Not to mention it would take up so much more room to stock. That is true. Bring much the to site. Yeah, it's a little, be a little crazy to try and do that. Another reason for the panels too is not only to get information out, but for those people that do want to purchase that have never purchased before, it is a huge price point to put your money in. They're very yeah. expensive. And if there are anything, if any people are like me, when I first got into it, I wanted, I'm one of the people that want to see it. I want to see it, I want to hold it, make sure that what I'm buying is really what I want. So now I bring them to my panels for people like that to actually see, to see if they want to make the plunge, want to make the commitment into this hobby. Because it's a beautiful hobby, but it, it does have a very high starting price point to get in. <laughs> yeah, actually, tomorrow is the Subaru Cherry Blossom Festival in Philly in Fairmont Park. And that was the first time I actually saw one of the resin dolls in person, oh, was okay. uh, going to one of those. and. After I saw it, I sat down with my sketchbook, uh, pretty much ditched my then-date, then uh, now-husband, <laughs> and just sat down and drew the dolls for the rest of the day. Uh, whoops. Um, and that was kind of how, like, it's not that I didn't know about them before then, but that was like when I right. when I sat down and I said, you know, I really want to do it. <laughs> and, and seeing them in person definitely makes a difference. It definitely makes a difference. Uh, the, I say it in my videos all the time pictures and even live video from YouTube does not do the dolls justice. Seeing them in person is a, is a big plus, yes. I would say. They have a, it sounds creepy, but they have a presence. They kind of do, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they take up a, they take up a place in the room and they command your, they command your eye, they command your, your, your attention in a way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really cool. Anyway, Shizu-san, uh, thank you so much for talking with me today. Uh, where can they find you on the internet? Oh, uh, yes, so you can find me on YouTube, uh, on my YouTube channel. So I guess you should just type in www.youtube.com backslash and then my name, Shizu-san, S-H-I-Z-U. S-A-N. Uh, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram by the same name. Just type 23 at the end of that. Because it was taken. It was taken, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> womp womp. And then, of course, you can always find me, uh, www.ningyobingo, N-I-N-G-Y-O-B-I-N-G-O.com. And we are on YouTube, though we don't publish, obviously, as much videos, mostly the sound. We are on iTunes. Uh, I almost said Twitter. We are on Twitter. We are on Twitcher, uh, which is for <laughs> podcasts, and we are on Google Play. Um, so, thank you so much, and remember, keep on collecting dolls, but keep a budget. Yes. <laughs> thank you for having me.